Right, what's going on, everybody? I'm Fantasia Edwards, and welcome back to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative and curious minds. I'm your host, Fantasia, and I'm very pleased to have not only our amazing viewers here with us today, but our special co-host, Zoe Weltman. Once again, thank you all for tuning in, and welcome to another episode on the Exploring Art Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Zoe Weltman, and I just want to thank you all for giving me the opportunity to be here today. I am super excited about today's episode, and I hope you're all excited also. So we just listened to was a TED Talk hosted by Cindy Myers Foley, 
who is an executive assistant director and director of learning and experience at the Columbus Museum of Art. Now, something that Foley talked about was creativity and lack of creativity within art, should I say. She talked about how we as a society, by us accepting what's considered normal, standard, is the equivalent to accepting what's mediocre. It's almost as though we're killing the creativity for upcoming generations. If we can compare what she's saying and compare it to John Cage and his position on why he composed 433, if we look back at that time era exactly, we see that post-World War, this is a time where, hey, we're supposed to have freedom of speech. It's our constitutional right, but we're not allowed that. You're allowed it, but if you are to act on that, then, hey, now you're persecuted. It's it's a dangerous time to be authentic to ourselves. So what John Cage did was he he challenged the norms, challenged the standards of experimental art. At some point, we have to look as though somebody has to, because if we don't, we're at a war with ourselves. We're at a war with self-expression. We're at a war with freedom. We're basically robots in a society. If anybody wants to know what's the opposite of creativity, it would be a robot. A robot is is something that's one one fashion. It doesn't change. It doesn't do anything different. It does the same thing all the time. I think it's very hard to be creative and to be a robot. If you are a creative robot, that's something different. Because a robot is something that moves in sync. In the aftermath of World War II, Cage emerged as a prominent trailblazer in the avant-garde movement, shaping a unique and groundbreaking musical landscape. If you're unfamiliar with music from the post-World War II era, please sit back and enjoy a blast from the past.
just heard absolutely his music plays for four minutes and 33 seconds but get but get this no instrument is touched during this time i think most people would have asked for a refund but i think katie's song targets something different what do you think it targets well we know that he's a composer but in a lot of ways he can be considered an artist or a music theorist music theorist i understand but artist not so much I'll break it down for you. He also creates an interactive audience with the way he does it. John Cage uses conceptual art or a form of experimental music. Oh, I understand now. So he uses a way with his music to help with his audience capture the meaning of his music? Kind of, but you're a little off. Usually when we go to any kind of musical event, we look forward to actually hearing the music. We don't look forward to hearing silence. What Cage does is make the silent and ambient sounds from the audience the essential element of his music okay that makes more sense that is very interesting to know because most music theories do not do that i mean i guess in a lot of ways this was his theory is it unconventional yes but his intention was to make people more aware of the sounds in their environment which could potentially lead them to listen differently and question and question the common notions of music and performance this intention of making people more aware of the sounds is a good idea because like you said, they can have different opinions on his music and listen differently. I mean, 
mean, I'm not really sure, but if I if I had a guess, I would say he wanted to challenge traditions and leave it up to the audience to decide. Let's be honest, the piece was composed 71 years ago in 1952, and we're still talking about it today. Now, this is a piece that no one has ever heard before. Why listen to something that plays no sound, especially in today's society? Everything has a digital review. I know if someone told me to pay $450 to go to a silent concert, I would decline. Yeah, back then, concerts were a big deal, and people enjoyed going to them, but now most concerts are, like, with blasting music, and they're not silent. I think the reason why people enjoy silent concerts is so they can hear the music and try to understand the meaning of it. Wow, okay. That's something that I didn't know. I'd probably be looking around and tapping very loudly. I do like how it's suspenseful because maybe everyone is actually curious and thinks one day it'll play a different note at the end. Ooh. <laughs> I can imagine everyone would be curious because they would want to know what will come next. They would be in their seats just listening and watching. So earlier you said you weren't sure about him being an artist. How do you feel now? I feel like I understand more about his theories and know that there are many different ways to make someone an artist. So his theories make him an artist, I guess. You know what? I absolutely agree. I believe Cage knew that the art of silence had a lot of power behind that. And through experimentation, he sent an even bigger message. Remember, this piece was composed when the world was what most considered chaotic. I believe 433 was a direct response to that time in history. The silence can be seen as a form of reflection and meditation to global turmoil. Cage was also interested in Zen Buddhism, so that could have influenced him also. Zen Buddhism? Yes, the philosophy behind Zen Buddhism is to emphasize mindfulness, inner calmness, and to be aware of present moments. While there is no direct reason why he chose such a long moment of silence, I can probably think of a few different ways that he did. However, I'll go with perception. This is, exact, this is the exact reason why I call him an artist, because much, much like pictures, when we look at them, we all see something different, but we still know that it's art. When we attend a John Cage concert, our perceptions are all different. Some will say musical genius, some will be confused, or some will scream and shout how horrible and waste of time it was. And that's fine, because our perceptions define this moment. Yeah, perception is a big deal when it comes to his concert, because his influence on Zed Buddhism can make some people feel wowed or confused as to why he used it in his music. Absolutely. See, just like John Cage, we shouldn't be afraid to challenge the norm. Like, don't be afraid to be your true self regardless of how people are going to perceive you. Well, that wraps it up for today. I want to thank you for joining us so much today, Zoe. I really appreciate it. Aw, thanks for having me. Well, guys, this concludes the Art of Silence episode on the Exploring Art podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious. Hey, guys. So we want to sincerely apologize. We know we said we were done with the podcast. But upon further review, we actually did find a video of John Cage actually kind of correlating with some of the things that we were talking about in the interview. So we would really like to share this um, interview of John Cage with you guys, and we hope you guys like it and understand the content more, just as much or more than we did. So finally, have a great one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yes.
You you want to know whether you can compare these two things and um, qualitatively, yes. Well, those are two things I'm not particularly interested in. That is to say, I'm not particularly interested in quality, and I'm certainly not interested in comparisons between things. I think that we gain in awareness <coughs> by seeing each thing in its own terms, and I think that if we, if we think in terms of quality, that means that we are comparing the work which we experience with standards which uh, represent our prejudices. Now, if we can somehow empty our minds of those prejudices, then we possibly can approach our experience, whether it is in or outside art, for what it is, that is to say, directly. The reason it would be almost pointless to compare my work with that of Schoenberg is that we are working in, in the works are made in, in entirely different ways. As I see it, Schoenberg was still involved in the making of an object in time with its with relationships within that object so that there is a whole and that that whole has parts and they are subjected to organization i'm not working with that problem in those terms i'm working with disorganization i'm not making objects i'm involved in showing processes well would you say then, uh, in a way, you, you might be placing, um, transferring the, um, the understanding, let's say, to, of a piece on the person, of course, but aren't you also transferring the, the um, what would seem to me to be an objective basis of quality onto the saying that it's my personal problem, let's put it this way, that it might be my personal problem that I cannot understand or accept your piano concerto in the same way I accept Schoenberg's, yet to me it seems that uh, the Schoenberg piece is con moving every time I hear it in many in many levels in terms of its innocence, its gaiety, its deep mysticism, mm -hmm. its 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 uh, its almost sexual excitement in a way. Uh, I mean, you're trans you're saying that it is my fault almost, my lack of uh, understanding. No, no, not your fault. It's just that you could enrich your experience mm -hmm. by being able to see one thing as being an object with all these benefits that you have mentioned now coming to you from it, but if if you use a different attitude toward my work or that of another composer, uh, it just might be that you would um, have find other things coming uh, to your experience through it. Yes, I see. Um, I, I see I do admire very much the Fontana mix with Aria, but I do not admire very much the piano concerto. Mm. Well, there are people who do, though. And uh, they speak, for instance, when they speak of enjoying it, they speak of their experiences in nature. Peter Yates is compared, listening to the piano concerto, with his experience of looking at the stars in the night sky. Now, no one can deny the delight of having the emotions you spoke of a little bit ago. 
Also, no one can deny the pleasure of looking at the night sky. Yes, but but the emotions of uh, that a piece of music should give you at the at the highest level really should have no relevance to any type of natural phenomenon.